Hello, welcome to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. The Cowboys continue to build on their NCAA resume. It was softball media day, and we'll also recap signing day. Uh, I'm Patrick Prince, joined by Dean Rule. We'll jump into all this right after a short break. All right, Dean, so let's start with uh, basketball a little bit. Uh, Bedlam win the other night, good win on the on the resume. They have an even bigger opportunity tomorrow. We're filming this on Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, when they play TCU. So I, what do you say about, you know, I'm probably going to ask you this question several weeks in a row here as we're leading up to the tournament. Uh, but how is OSU's NCAA tournament resume looking right now? Well, if you listen to the experts, Patrick, they'll tell you that they're in. They're going to be – they've had a – They've been a, a um, bubble team kind of since conference play started. Some weeks they're projected to be in the tournament. Other weeks they're projected out. Um, but right now, Joe Lenardi over at ESPN, Bracketology, I know there's a lot of people that like to follow that. He says the Cowboys are uh, in the last four in categories. That puts them about team 68 of 68. And uh, he had probably put them about an 11 seed, a 12 seed in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, right now they're in because um, – I thought Bedlam, they showed some stuff that there were questions going into Bedlam that they were able to answer. Um, and, and I think that was really important for, for this team going forward, going into kind of this back half of conference play, final stretch of the regular season. And, and yeah, they're going up against a really good TCU team uh, on Saturday. They're, TCU's got the ability to uh, force a lot of turnovers and not turn the ball over a lot themselves. Um so once again, when we talk about OSU has some questions that need to be answered, here's one of them. Can OSU handle, uh, you know, being smart with the basketball and not turning it over against a team that's good at forcing you to turn it over? OSU's had kind of had this weird thing where they've struggled with that at times, uh, protecting the ball. And, and we'll see if they can do that against TCU. And if they can, um, all signs point to there could be an upset tomorrow in Stillwater, Patrick. So I was watching the Bedlam game uh, on TV the other, the other night, and the broadcast team, uh, they were big fans of OSU in terms of their NCAA tournament prospects. They were like, oh, yeah, these, the, this is very much a tournament team. And um, I, one of the guys even said, you know, maybe even a, a second weekend type NCAA tournament team. Well, that would be two wins. So we'll, we'll see. Um, is this what you expected out of this team? I think so. I think this would be the expectation right now, or the, this would have been, I think, the expectation going into the season that this is a a bubble team. A, I, I think I would have leaned toward they are going to make the tournament at the start of the season just because of the Big Twelve and there's so much opportunity to get those signature wins. Those, like like you said earlier, earlier those those resume builders. Um, and you know they've already got one. They beat Iowa State. Um, I think this past Bedlam game was was big for them because they showcased a lot, uh, mostly in the front court, getting, getting Musa Cisse back and being able to show kind of the pairing of Caleb Boone and Musa Cisse down in the center in the post um, was really important. And as we saw, you know, 44 of their 71 points on Wednesday, Patrick, came from points in the paint. I think that's an area that OSU has struggled with at times and getting both those guys back and getting to showcase what that looks like is, I think, gives fans a glimpse of, of what to expect there. But, yeah, I, I think this is what 
what you came to expect. Um, if everything went right, then I think they are a top half Big 12 team. If everything went wrong, then they're way down in the cellar. And I thought they'd be somewhere in between, which is where they're sitting at right now. Um, but yeah, in the Big 12 with so much opportunity against all these ranked teams, you, you've got a good chance to build a resume and, and get in at, as an at-large at bid uh, come March. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let's talk a little bit about softball, but before we do, anything else on basketball you want to get into? Well, I'll tell you what, before, before we get to softball, let's talk a little bit more in detail about TCU tomorrow. Uh, what do you see going on there? Well, they've got one of, I think, the most dynamic scores in the Big 12. In, um, and, well, they, I think they've got dynamic scoring and they've got great rebounding. Uh, and that's going to be an issue for anybody. That, you know, they've got somebody, um, who I'm sure everybody, any Big 12 basketball fan is going to know about Mike Miles. Um, he's averaging 18.1 points per game, Patrick, which is third among all Big 12 players, only behind uh, Kansas's Jalen Wilson and K-State's Keontae Johnson, who are both national player of the year level guys and fun fact I found this out today uh he used to be roommates with Cade Cunningham fun OSU fact that doesn't really do anything for anybody right now but I did read that today when I was looking up look, looking up uh Mike Miles um and then down low they've got they've got two forwards who both average 6.5 rebounds per game which is also top 10 uh numbers in the big 12 and that's Emmanuel Miller and Eddie Lampkin uh, so they're big down low. They've got great shooters. There's a reason they're a top 15 team, Patrick. Um, they, they, they've kind of got all the, the pieces that you'd want. They, they have a complete team. I know Mike Boynton says Iowa State is the most complete team in the Big 12. I, I, I think TCU's right up there. Uh, they're 17 and 5. You're going to be a good team. You're a good team if your record looks like that. And um, other OSU Fun fact about TCU is uh, Rondell Walker, Patrick. He plays at TCU. He transferred there this this offseason. Um, doesn't play a ton. I think he's averaging about 12 minutes and, and three points a game. So I don't think you'll see a ton of him in, in Gallagher-Iba Arena tomorrow. But um, he is there nonetheless. The key for an OSU upset tomorrow is what? Good question, Patrick. I think you... If you're OSU, you need to keep doing what you've been doing offensively, which is playing up-tempo, playing faster. But when you play that style, OSU has tended to turn the ball over a little bit more. So you got to clean – you got to play – you got to play fast basketball, up-tempo basketball, but clean. Um, that's, I think, key number one. Key number two, I would say, is we got to win the rebounding battle just because of the talent TCU has there and, and the opportunity, the scoring opportunity, the, the second chance points that that provides to TCU is going to win them a lot of ball games. Uh, so if you get Musa back, if you've got Caleb Boone going, that's going to be important to, to, to win that rebounding battle. And then lastly, um, you got to hit your free throws, Patrick. They've lost some games because they've had some free throw issues. Um, and, and I think they, they, They've gotten better because they, they are a very good free throw shooting team, but they've had some bad outings. Um, so that's it, it seems kind of silly to say that that's such an important factor, but they've lost some games because they've, they've shot poorly from the free throw line. So I'd say that's important for them too. All right, let's move on to softball a little bit. You were at the softball media day. 
Uh, and we, you know, we got some good softball in this state, Dean. You know, we got the reigning national champion OU Sooners down the road, uh, but the Oklahoma State Cowgirls are the reigning Big 12 champions. Uh, so they're, you know, they're looking pretty good too. What what'd you find out today? Yeah, Patrick, I love softball, man. I think it's a great sport. Um, it's weird, though, going out on a roughly 30-degree day to go talk about <laughs> softball. Uh, I'm, February is always weird. I'm, I'm like, I know it's when the season starts up, but I'm not really ready for it just because of the weather. But um, but no, th- th- there was a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, Kenny Gajewski likes to talk a lot, Patrick. He, he went for about an hour today, and there was all kinds of great stuff um, that he shared I think the big takeaways, if we're just talking beginning of the season stuff that I found interesting, uh, they might be relying on a four-pitcher four rotation. Um, and that's something that they've not done, really. They, they've really had, you know, two or three arms a season that they rely on, you know, to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, there were a couple couple new additions that, that he really likes, and, and he said they could – be doing uh, rolling with four pitchers on a, on a weekend and I found that really interesting and talking with Kelly Maxwell who I guess not to be not to throw a hot take at you right now Patrick I think she might be the best pitcher in the country this year I I, I really do I know Jordy Ball's right down the road and and she's she's great and 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 people love her over at OU uh, but I think Kelly Maxwell could probably go pound for pound with her and um that that's going to be the pitching showdown, I think, of the year when when OSU and OU play uh, late in the season. I think it's May, uh, last weekend of the regular season. But um, so I, I thought that was interesting, and they've got some new additions. Something else. Uh, so so they had a there who Kenny Gajewski says is going to start at left field for them. Patrick, her name is Talon Edwards. Um, she technically is supposed to be a senior in high school at Southmore, uh, but she was able to reclassify, um, come to OSU, and she is now expected to start for them out in left field, which I think is incredibly interesting. And, and I talked to a couple of players about her, just like what that mentality is needed to be an 18-year-old starting for a team that is ranked either number one or, or not number one, excuse me, number two or number three in the country by pretty much any poll, puts them in, in one of those two spots. Um, and they said, you know, she's got some growing to do just as a human, because Patrick, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I look back to when I was 18 years old, no way in heck you could have me starting in, in a situation like that. Uh, but they said, you know, she's got the confidence. She, she's, she's got the ability, the talent to be able to do this. And, and they're really looking forward to what she can do for them. Um, so say, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Say her name one more time for us. Talon Edwards. So she's supposed to be a high school senior currently. What what's what's up with that? Uh, so she yeah. So she's supposed to yeah. So she's supposed to be a senior in high school. She reclassified. Um. So she took all these classes over the summer, um, to get her credits up and be able to graduate early and then enrolled at OSU. Okay, so it's not that unlike a, a an early football enrollee that we've been. No. It's, it's just that the softball season is is now, so she can play now. Yeah, so I, I guess it is somewhat similar to an early enrollee with football. It's somebody who has graduated high school early, enrolled okay. in college early um, to be able okay. to play with the team. So she's been at OSU since the fall semester, um, and she got to play fall ball with the Cowgirls. 
she just oh. she took all her classes for what, what would have been her senior year in high school she took all those classes over the summer to be able to graduate after her junior year in high school and enroll at osu okay so that's that's different than from a mid-year football enrollee then that's yeah because they yeah that's that's different wow okay so and so she's going to be the starting left fielder yeah and I, and I asked i asked kenny guy i said you know when you signed her did you expect that he said absolutely i expected her to be a starter for us so that's right. the level of talent they've got there and it, it might be raw this year you know she she was still a freshman but i think that just shows you the talent that that she's bringing to them absolutely all right what other, what other little nuggets did you gather from media day they've got a transfer from uh purdue Rachel Becker, who, who Kenny Guys, Kenny Guyeski spoke highly of of her ability, and and she's a graduate transfer. Uh, she'll be playing second base for them this year. Um, and then they've got their Kylie Naomi will be shortstop. She's been there forever. Uh, same with Cheyenne Factor uh, up in center field. She'll be playing there. They've got it's very interesting, Patrick, for for a program that's recruited so well and and been so big and. It's kind of the antithesis of, of Mike Gundy a little bit because, you know, he always said he wasn't a big fan of the transfer portal. Kenny Gajewski loves it. He's <laughs> gone in there multiple times now and, and really kind of, instead of rebuilding the roster, he's retooled. He's gotten some players. Uh, but but they still do have quite a bit of homegrown Oklahoma girls who, who start on this team. Uh, and th that's looking at Cheyenne Factor or Caitlin Carwell, who's going to be the starting right fielder, he said. Uh, Taylor Tuck. Uh, their catcher this year is going to be is from Stillwater, uh, so, so they've got a lot of Oklahoma girls who who start on this roster. But he's he's gone into the portal. That's nothing new for him, um, and, and he's kind of retooled this roster through there. And that was not a jab at Mike Gundy because he did go into the portal this year and, and he really did rebuild that team with with some big portal additions. But Kenny Gaiski has been doing this for years, and it, and it's really kept the Cowgirls consistent. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's move on to signing day a little bit. You and I are filming this on a Friday. Of course, signing day was Wednesday a couple of days ago. Uh, not as big as the December, the early signing signing day. But uh, now that we know what the class looks like in total, what do you think of the Cowboys' class? It's a good class. I, I think um, it's still weird to me that that I'm always used to February's the big the big signing yeah. day, and now December's the big one, and so. I get all excited for February signing days and nothing really happens uh, at some of the, the more, the power five schools They they take care of all this in December. Um, but no, nonetheless, I think everybody in Tulsa, the Tulsa area is going to be excited that Jameson Mejia uh, from Broken Arrow signed with the Cowboys. Uh, they also stayed in state, got a Tyke Andrews from, from Enid. I think he's going to be an interesting prospect to watch. Uh, we went down to Texas and got another wide receiver, Jalen Pope, who set a Class 5A state championship record in uh, receiving yards with 229 uh, at Aledo, Texas. And they went over to Salt Lake City and got a running back, uh, Ceci Velahi, I believe is how you say it, Patrick. I might have butchered it. I'm sorry if I did. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the February signing days become little lackluster because now everything's done in December, but I think you've got a strong class. And I know some people are going to look at the star ratings and it's just, it's a bunch of three stars, but I think we also need to look at just how Mike Gundy has run this program. You know, it, they like to bring the three star, develop them. 
turn them into, you know, two or three year starters and, and all that. I, I think it, it works great for what they like to do. I think the only downside now is just with the transfer portal, there might be some trepidation that once these kids do start starting and, and other schools take notice, then they might take off, which, which is tough for, for how you, if, if you're a development first program, like, like OSU is, it becomes a little tough there, but um, nonetheless, I think it's a well-rounded class. Um, You know, if we go back to December, this is where most of the, the bigger names are, but the four additions, I think on, on, Wednesday were, were good for them. So tell me more about this BA kid who signed. That that was one of the surprises of, of signing day, correct? Uh for LSU, right? Yeah. So he he'd been he had a few offers. He's a big kid, Patrick. I'll say that. I remember talking to him when I was still doing high schools, uh, right before the season started. And he's like 6'6, 285, big tackle. Um and he had some. He had some offers. He had a, a Tulane offer, I believe, a Virginia offer. OSU'd been interested for for a while. Um, hey, I, he's a strong. He's a strong option. I think if we're if we're looking at some of the in-state kids, he's a great. He's a great lineman, and um, you know, I think OSU should be pretty excited to be bringing him on, just based on size and skill. I think. Have you gotten much kind of a feel for? The, the you know you're you're living in Stillwater now about the vibe around the football program now you know they just seem to have so many exits through the portal they got some gains in the portal as well you know signing day is now behind us um you know it's kind of the off season so it's kind of a weird question to ask now but I mean just what's 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 the vibe around football right now you got got any sense of anything I'll say this you know I think there was there was there were some woes, I think, when all this was going down, you know, a month ago. But I think it's calmed down, and I and I think I think a lot of these these guys are just moving on with the season. You know, the transfer portal has closed; they can still add guys if they wanted, but but I highly doubt OSU does that. Um, the portal's closed; these the guys who wanted to leave have left. I think now the focus is they added between the recruiting class and the transfer portal additions, Patrick, they've added 33 guys this offseason. That's like a third of the roster size. Wow. That, that, that might have been clickbait, Patrick. It might be more like a fourth of the roster size. Because um, I'd say between 100 and 120 guys are going to be on the roster at a time. Um, but no, I, I think that's the focus now is, is getting these guys ingrained, especially when you've got – transfer guys who you're expecting to start in five or six months. Um, let, not, let, beyond that, you know, you're going to be playing a bunch of new teams this year too if you're OSU. They, they got all four of the new Big 12 additions on their schedule. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it'd be silly to say that there wasn't a little bit of panic. Panic might not even be the right word. But, yeah, there was some, there was some woes. Um, but I think at this point in the season, well, you, know, you can't really do much about it. Yeah, that's right. All right, anything else on your mind, or should we get out of here? We should get out of here, Patrick. Good talk, as always. All right, well, listen, you enjoy your Friday night and uh, enjoy the TCU game tomorrow. What time is tip-off tomorrow? It's going to be 1 p.m. tip-off at GIA. All right, we love early games.